Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly, and this is my co-host and husband, Austin Evans. Here you are. You're and still here. You know what? If you are the person oh that God. said hubby needs to go on the reviews, <laughs> just know that you really made me laugh. I enjoyed you made it. me laugh too. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not leaving. So one of us is leaving this podcast. It's probably you. But good news, you might keep listening because you are still entered to win 5,000 pennies that Kelly has given away for Christmas. Kelly, go ahead and tell them. Oh, Austin. So um, I do want to let our new listeners know about a giveaway we are doing. If you go write a review for our podcast on Apple Podcast, you will be entered into a drawing to receive $50 straight from me to your Venmo, PayPal, whatever platform through which you prefer to receive your dough. And you need to write something so that we can see who it is. Correct. At least we can see kind of who you are. and. If you talk shit on me, you're still entered to win, so no worries on that regard. But please don't, because it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I'm not. I'm not hurting. Yeah, we, I laughed. I did laugh. We got a good laugh. Yeah. So thank you what was to their the person. Name? It was stop calling me for open enrollment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's their screen name. <laughs> oh my gosh, who's the freaking idiot now? Stop it. I'm just kidding. We're glad you enjoyed the podcast. You didn't hurt anybody's feelings. We got a good laugh. You got a good laugh. I'm annoying. Let's roll. What's what are we talking about today? So today's episode is super bizarre and it leaves me so confused. I don't know what to think. I like episodes like that. Yeah. So this is a good Freaky Friday episode because by the end of it, I'm just kind of like, shoot, I really just don't even know. It's going to be released on Friday the 11th. Yeah. And? It's not Friday the 13th, but it's close. Oh, thank you so much for that, Austin. She's <laughs> Louise. Hubby does need to go. All right, let's get started. So today's episode is about the disappearance of Timothy Pitson. Dun, dun, dun. Timothy Pitson was born in Aurora, Illinois on October 18th, 2004, and is the only child of James Pitson and Amy Joan Marie Fry Pitson. Oh, She's got a bunch of names, but we're just going to call her Amy, Okay. So James and Amy met each other at a party. Hold on. Mm-hmm. What's that movie with Fat Amy? Pitch Perfect. Is it, they call her Fat. She goes. She, she calls call, herself she Fat Amy. She refers to herself as Fat Amy. Yeah. It's hilarious when they're talking about the van and he opened up the van and he said. Oh no, that's a different movie. That's oh. the Bridesmaids. I don't know. I'm just thinking of two movies and there's one where she goes and I opened. Does the any of it have to do with this podcast? No. Let's roll back. Cool. In. Let's move on. So James and Amy. <laughs> Kelly just thought she was so cool because she looks back at the mic and acted like I left. (laughs) James and Amy met each other at a party. They hit it off and maintained a long-distance relationship for the first year of their relationship. Amy worked in real estate and had recently gone through a divorce from her third marriage. Apparently, that took a big toll on her mental and emotional health. Um, When Amy and James met, Amy was in a really dark place, but James was able to see through that and embrace her positive qualities, and he was really determined to help get her through her depression. While they were dating, Amy became pregnant, which was a huge surprise because James had overcome a bout with cancer, and I don't know what type of cancer it was, but I'm just assuming it was testicular cancer because he was told his chances of having kids were super slim. Amy hadn't even planned on having kids, so when she got pregnant, they treated it like a miracle from God that this was meant to be, and they eventually decided to get married. 
So from the outside looking in, it appeared that they were a perfectly normal, happy family. Amy planned a lot of family trips for them and was really big on creating experiences and memories for her family. And Austin, I know sometimes you like to refer to me as like a super mom, and super I'm mom. super grateful for that. It's very such a sweet thing to say. But um, I feel like if you saw the things that she would do for her son, you would consider her to be a super mom as well. She's super dedicated. Um, family members recall if there was Amy, there was Timothy. And if there was Timothy, there was Amy. They were like attached to each other's hips, always together, even like in the same room. They were hardly ever in separate rooms. They just were very connected, okay? So their relationship, or I guess, I'm sorry, James and Amy's relationship wasn't perfect, but... I guess nobody's is, their biggest point of contention was over finances, which is super common in a lot of relationships. Number one reason for divorce, people. Right. So talk about your finances. Talk about your finances, and oh, I'd write a review and have a chance to win 50 bucks back into our show. Oh, nice segue. Nice plug. Nice plug. <laughs> so they fought often, but they stayed together, and in early 2004, um, when Amy became pregnant with her first child, it was like a saving grace. He brought so much joy that it really helped give her purpose and a reason to better her life. And I feel like sometimes this can kind of go one of two ways. Either having a kid can er exacerbate your depression or it can help improve your depression. And for Amy, thank God, having Timothy really helped pull her out of a dark place. So Timothy was a mama's boy and an absolute sweetheart. His loved ones described him as a very active, outgoing boy and a natural leader who was at ease with both adults and other children. He loved the zoo, playgrounds, his bike, and riding go-karts. He loved collecting little matchbox cars. His favorite foods were Chuck E. Cheese, pizza, yogurt, mac and cheese, and just about anything from McDonald's. So he's like a very typical little boy. Normal little American. Yeah. So although Timothy was a happy child, James and Amy were going through some struggles. The fighting continued to get worse, and Amy's mental health seemed to become more unbalanced again. Their relationship was just very up and down. And at one point, Amy threatened to divorce James, and he found out that she was messing around with her ex-husband. this took a turn for the worst. Yeah. Gosh, I was like... Cheering for Supermom with the good kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, that doesn't make her not a Supermom. It's just, you know, no, she yeah, she was messing around with her ex. So when James realized the affair, he got so upset that he threatened to divorce her and take Timothy from her, which was obviously super upsetting. So the story really begins on the morning of Wednesday, May 11th of 2011. So almost 10 years ago. James drove Timothy to Greenman Elementary School, where he was a kindergartner. James recalled that the day before, Amy was struggling with vertigo and that she was really wobbly and stumbling. She wanted to take Timothy to school, but James insisted that he take him since she wasn't feeling well the day before. So James drops him off, says, love you, buddy. Timothy runs into the school. So about 30 minutes after Timothy got there, Amy went to the school and checked him back out at around 8.30 a.m., telling them that there was a family emergency. She took Timothy to a repair shop with her blue Ford Expedition, because I guess it had a ton of miles on it and it was just having some issues. So they dropped it off around 10 a.m., and an employee of the repair shop then drove Amy and Timothy to the Brookfield Zoo while her car was getting worked on. Sounds kind of 
Yeah, so she checked him out of school and decided to take him to the zoo instead. So I guess she just kind of wanted like a mother Sunday. And the the kindergarten that he was in, it was like a half day kind of situation. So he would be dropped up, dropped off in the morning and then picked up like late morning, early afternoon. I probably wouldn't sound weird if it wasn't a Mama Mystery episode, but it sounds weird. Right, exactly. And, you know, that kind of comes into play. So we'll keep talking. So... They returned to the repair shop around 3 p.m., and they drove about 30 miles north to Key Lime Cove Resort in Gurney, Illinois, where they ended up spending the night. Key Lime Cove is a water park resort, which is now called Great Wolf Lodge. So this day appeared to be a little kid's dream, first going to the zoo and then going to this water park where Timothy and his family actually frequented. They were very familiar with this water park. Meanwhile, James goes to Greenman Elementary to pick Timothy up from school like usual, and that's when the school told him that he'd already been checked out that morning by his mother. They tell him that she said there was a family emergency, and he noticed her signature on the sign-out log. But there was no family emergency. He called Amy repeatedly, but she wouldn't answer her phone. So he called Amy's sister to see if she knew what was going on, but she had no idea either. So she tried calling Amy as well, but also couldn't get an answer. And oddly enough, this first day, James never called the police to report them missing. However, you have to also remember that, like, Amy's life was Timothy. And James and Amy are still together at this point. So, like, yes, she checked the boy out of school and kind of took off. But, like, her behavior has already proved to be erratic before. Except I just don't think James ever assumed she would ever hurt Timothy. Yeah, it just sounds like maybe they're in an argument and Mm -hmm. he can't get a hold of her. So he's not going to call the police over it Right at this point. Yeah. Um, So the next day, however, May 12th, James does call the police to report Amy and Timothy missing because he still cannot get a hold of them. Meanwhile, Amy and Timothy have checked out of the water park resort and were driving 170 miles further away from home to the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, where they spent the night. She made two stops on the way there. One was at a gas station to buy drinks, and the other stop was at a small store to buy Timothy some small toys, Crest Kids toothpaste, and some clothes. On the morning of Friday the 13th, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, weird, Timothy and Amy have now been gone for about 48 hours with absolutely no communication between James and Amy. Security footage from the Kalahari Resorts Resort shows Amy and Timothy leaving, and that is the last footage that exists of Amy and Timothy together. That same day, they start driving south towards home. They head down the Interstate 39, and right where they would start to head east towards home, they instead turn west to Sterling, Illinois, which is about an hour and 20 minutes west of their home in Aurora. At around 1.30, Amy called her mom and James's brother, saying that she and Timothy were fine and not in any trouble. And in the background, they said they could hear Timothy saying he was hungry, but other than that, he sounded totally normal. He also recalled some odd verbiage from Amy. She kept saying that Timothy was hers and that he belonged to her. She never mentioned Timothy as belonging to both her and James, just her. So she was using, like, really possessive language, which James's brother thought was bizarre. James was relieved to hear that they were okay, but he was still concerned and wanted them to come back home. 
He continued to try to call Amy, but she still refused to answer. After she made those phone calls, she shut off her phone and her entire trail went cold. So her phone was untraceable. It wasn't until about 7.25 that night, okay, so about six hours later, Amy is finally seen at a family dollar store in Winnebago, Illinois, which is about 50 miles from Sterling. So there's six hours unaccounted for, but only 50 miles of distance covered, or at least we can assume that, because she stayed within 50 miles of Sterling. Or I guess we just, we think that. Um, So at the dollar store, she purchased some cards, envelopes, and pens. This time, however, she was by herself. She went to a nearby grocery store about 30 minutes later where she bought some Ritz crackers and some milk. And she's seen on the security cameras at this grocery store by herself without Timothy. Then finally, she checks into the Rockford Inn in Rockford, Illinois, around 1130 that night. The next day, May 14th, employees of the hotel found Amy dead in her hotel room of an apparent suicide. Her wrists and neck had been cut, and it was later discovered that she had also overdosed on antihistamines. I didn't even know that was possible. I actually didn't either. I mean, she took an amount that would overdose a person, but she had also cut her neck and her wrists and, like, bled all over the place. So... I mean, I'm sure she, the blood loss is probably what actually killed her. Right. Amy left a note basically saying that Timothy was fine. You know what I just thought of? Antihistamines, I think they dilate your blood vessels because if you are allergic to something, like it constricts. So I want to say the, the antihistamine maybe dilates your blood vessels so she bleeds out faster. Maybe Almost that's like, why she took them. Like the same effect a blood thinner would have? Like it just makes more blood come out? No, I'm saying like it makes your your blood I'm vessels dilate. Bigger, which would yeah. make more blood come out. And I could be totally wrong. I'm not a nurse. So if you are and I'm wrong, please correct me. That's just It just it's literally just came to my head. Detail. Just keep it to yourself. You know what? This is my podcast. <laughs> okay, correct her. Correct her. She wants to be corrected. <laughs> Let her know. I want to know. Okay, anyway. She loves learning. I do like to learn. All right, anyway, Amy left a note basically saying that Timothy was fine and with people who cared about him, but that nobody would ever find him. What? She also mailed a letter to her mom saying that she was sorry, that Tim was in a place where he will be well taken care of, and that there was nothing anyone could have said or done to change her mind. What? Yeah. Missing from the room and her vehicle were Timothy's Spider-Man backpack, his toys and clothes, his toothpaste... That she had just bought him all these things. Um, her iPass transponder um, was also missing, which I'm assuming is like your K-Pass, you know, when you go in like a toll. Yeah. Anyway, that was missing. His car seat was also mi- missing, which led authorities to believe that maybe he really was with other people. However, it was later discovered that his grandma had it and had, and it was given to her a week before Timothy disappeared. Her blue Ford Expedition was still in the parking lot, and they did find some blood in the back seat that was tested and belonged to Timothy. However, the dad recalled a time that Timothy had a bloody, excuse me, a bloody nose, and blood was left on the seat, just in front of his car seat. And it wasn't a lot of blood, um, and he did say that it had been there for about a year. He also said he really did not believe Amy would ever do anything to harm Timothy. Authorities also also tested the knife that Amy used to take her own life, but the only blood found on the knife belonged to Amy. 
So authorities in Timothy's family began to believe that Amy really did probably leave him with someone else, and they just needed to find out where he was. They look at her car and realize it's pretty dirty with dirt, dust, and like vegetation on the the little ramp you step up on to get into the car, and also like on the tires. So it, it appeared that it had kind of been like off-roading. So they bring in an expert to test the material on her tires and that running board to see if it could give them a clue as to where the car had been. At this time, they're also looking into her computer. Her cell phone was missing, but they thought they might be able to gather clues from her laptop, and they discovered that she had a separate email account that her husband was unaware of, but even that garnered no leads, leads, which was super disappointing. They decide to go... I know. They decide to go back to her last known location in Sterling, Illinois. She had no known friends or relatives in Sterling, so it was kind of random. But when they looked back at her iPass, it showed that she had been there twice in the last six months. So this this suggested that maybe she had been there meeting with someone to like solidify her plans. And her Where was it? Sterling, Illinois. Okay. Her family had no idea she had been to Sterling and noted that it was definitely unusual for her to be there. So finally, the results come back from the lab, indicating where the car had been earlier that day or, or what type of location it had been in, right? They picked up traces of queen's lace and mustard seed, which are two types of plants, among other materials that would suggest that the car had maybe pulled off the side of the road, not in a manicured lawn like a residence or commercial area, but somewhere more rural like a meadow. The results also indicated that she may have been near a body of water like a pond or a stream or a creek. How crazy is it that there's people that can test this stuff? Yeah. So freaking smart. And like, <clears throat> what would you? where would you even start to look for her? I mean, no they... Phone, no anything like... So authorities believe that this occurred somewhere within Lee or Whiteside County, but this is over 1,000 square miles of area that would need to be searched. Much of this area was searched, but nothing ever turned up that would indicate where or what happened to Timothy Pitson. So two years later, in the fall of 2013, police find Amy's cell phone on Route 78 between Mount Carroll and Stockton, Illinois about 50 miles from where Amy took her life. And this is actually pretty amazing. Apparently a woman was out walking, found the cell phone and took it home. And it just sat on her shelf for a while until someone she knew needed a cell phone. So she gave this person the phone. And when this person plugged it in and turned it on, um, they immediately recognized the Pitson name on the phone. And so they took it to the authorities. And it just amazes me that the phone could have been tossed out on the side of the road, found after who knows how long, and is still in working condition. So even though this seems like a break, it leads to nothing. There was nothing on her phone that could have indicated what happened to Timothy or where he might be. They have searched land. They traced her cell phone records. And absolutely nothing came up. So the big question is, how in the world could Amy Pitson get away with just disposing of her child, dead or alive? There is absolutely no trace of where he is now. Still to this day. Still to this day. Well, wait. So Timothy's family held out hope for years that he was still alive. And finally, eight years later, there was a shocking break in the case. Timothy's dad gets a phone call from investigators saying that they were headed to Ohio to check out a possible leave. Or lead, I'm sorry. 
on April 3rd of 2019, a woman in Kentucky called police to report a teenager wandering the streets after running across a bridge over the Ohio River. She was heading to her car to go to work when she noticed this boy who seemed dazed and confused. I've had the goosebumps like four times in this story. It's so wild. Holy cow. She noted, or she asked him what was going on, and he told her his name was Timothy Pitson. She noted that he had a pretty big bruise on his face, and when police found the boy, he was totally distraught, covered in bruises, and told them he was Timothy, and even confirmed his birthday. He told them he had just escaped from two men shaped like bodyguards, so they take him to the hospital, and his dad, who is like so excited by this news, is trying to plan excuse me, for Timothy's return. And he's like, you know, I got to buy more groceries. I need to go buy him clothes. Like he's excited. He's, his little boy is finally coming home. So this boy gave graphic depictions of being held in a red roof inn in the Cincinnati area, finally escaping and walking all the way from Ohio to Kentucky. He described the men perfectly, describing their tattoos, that one man was wearing a Mountain Dew t-shirt. He described their car, that it was a newer model Ford SUV with Wisconsin plates. And if you'll remember, Wisconsin Dells was the last place Timothy was seen alive. So police take DNA samples just to confirm that it is in fact Timothy. And the following day, they get the results back. It's not Timothy. It's all made up. Um, Timothy was supposed to be 14, right, at this uh-huh. time. He'd be 15 this year. It was actually a 23-year-old named Brian Rini, or Rini. Uh-huh. He had seen a TV special in the weeks leading up to this event and memori- memorized details about Timothy. He had just gotten out of prison on vandalism and burglary charges. He told authorities that he just wished someone loved him as much mm-hmm. as Timothy was loved. So he Holy made it all shit. up. That's this is this might be the craziest one we've ever done. I mean, isn't and I like that somebody? Well, I mean, she was killed. That's not good. Never mind. I was going to say that this was a more mellow case. Not really, but that's nuts. Yeah, isn't that insane? I just cannot even imagine the devastation his dad must have felt to think he's finally coming home. I got to go buy more groceries. Like our life is finally start, starting over. Went to sleep knowing he's going to see him tomorrow mm-hmm. or whatever. So excited! Can you imagine like the hope? And then just the absolute crush. And then some dude out of prison that made up the whole thing. Yeah. His family was absolutely devastated. But the silver lining was that this refreshed some of the attention on this case and put Timothy's name back in headlines. His family made an emotional plea to Timothy through the media, telling him, we know you are out there, we love you, we miss you, and we just can't wait for you to come home. To this day, to this day, so it's what, December 12th, 10th, whatever, 2020, he has still not been found. His pictures are on our Instagram and Facebook page, and these pictures do include age progression photos. But, you you know, Timothy had very um, unique features, and so I think the the age progression does look like it's probably pretty realistic. But I, I, I even thought, like, you know, it's such a rural area. Maybe he's, like, staying somewhere like a Mennonite or Amish community where they don't have access to media. I, I do not and know. Maybe he was so young that he doesn't even know the difference. But he was a kindergartner. He was five or six at the time, so. Yeah, but, I mean, maybe, I get what you're saying, but maybe a few years past of him living in some crazy, do you think he's still alive? I think he is. If this chick was like a super mom and said, you'll never find him, mm-hmm. ever, no chance. What did the letter say exactly? Yeah, um, he's with people who will care about him. He's safe and you will never find him. You will never find him. 
God, that's so freaky. Isn't that sick? I mean, it's like, how I vindictive. Hope she didn't kill him. No, for sure. And it's not okay at all. But I hope she didn't kill him. I like, hope I so hope too. I really hope so Can too. You imagine, like, at any time now, 10 years, 50, 20 years, like, he resurfaces. That's, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, eventually. Reincarnation. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Eventually, he's going to become an adult. The thing is, like, kindergartners, I mean, you know, Jack, our son is in first grade. He has a great memory. He remembers things that happened a few years ago. So how can this kid go through this whole process of like having this great excursion with his mom and then going to live with new people he doesn't know and not remember it? Like he's going to grow up, I would hope, and ask questions. Like if he's still alive, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I think this is like Maybe my favorite story you've ever done just because it makes you think so much. Yeah. I want to know what you guys think, if you think he's dead or alive, or if you have any ideas of where he might be. Um, I know that people are still, to this day, looking for him, waiting for him to come home. So I want to get on to see the age progression photos and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, this is nuts. Yeah. There's a lot of good teasers for this episode. Yeah, no kidding. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode, and we'll be back on Monday for a, another Murder Monday episode. Hey, share this with a friend because Kelly does a very good job at them. Oh, thanks. You're sweet. All right, we'll see you Mama, next time. Mystery. Bye. Bye. <laughs>